Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, let's play a little game here. <clears throat> Leadership training is impacting when it involves a mentoring relationship. Mentoring's all over the Bible. Think of those who were side by side and heart with heart over the months and years. Mentoring is highly relational. Use your recall to fill in the blanks. Most people can get about half of these. I'm going to give you a name and give me someone that's connected with that name. Jethro with Moses, correct. Moses with Joshua and Moses with who? Yeah, Aaron, but who's the guy who said, uh, give me that mountain? Caleb. Caleb. All right. Good. Naomi with? <laughs> Samuel with? Saul first and then David. Jonathan with? See, this is side by side. Elijah with? Elisha. Jehoiada with? Asa? That's one, one of them. Who else? I, I don't remember all those kings. But a, a king. Now the new, huh? Uh, it's uh, Jehoiada, Second Chronicles 24, 1 to 6. Someone look her up and let me know. Joash. Hey, I'm thinking you're right. You're right. Joash. Who's that Sunday school teacher back there that got Joash? Hey, yeah. There you go. Thank you. Joash. Okay. Wonderful. Elizabeth and in the New Testament. Jesus with Jesus called them one by one. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Then came Philip, Thomas too, Matthew, and Bartholomew. Names the one they call the last. Simon and Thaddeus. The twelfth apostle Judas made. Jesus was by him betrayed. And that's the way you remember all twelve. You want to do it again? Jesus called them one by one, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Then came Philip, Thomas too, Matthew, and Bartholomew. James, the one they call the less. Simon and Thaddeus. The twelfth apostle Judas made. Jesus was by him betrayed. I got that in Sunday school. Uh, hey, here you go. All right. Peter with... And now this is two, two people in Galatians 2, 7 to 14. Peter spent time with, who was Peter's, who was Peter related to? Um, well, in this particular passage of Galatians 2, 7 to 14, Peter was with Barnabas and Paul. Ananias with Saul of Tarsus, okay. Barnabas with Saul or Paul, okay. Paul with, yeah, and, but before that, Paul, you had Barnabas and Paul, Saul, and then you had Paul and Barnabas, all right. Uh, someone else, you mentioned Silas, and then Paul with the, 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 the man and woman who had a church in their house. Aquila and Priscilla. Yeah, you got it. 
Priscilla and Aquila with, who did they disciple? <laughs> Apollos, right. See, that's their generation. Boom, boom, boom. Remember, winning someone, that's addition. It's never multiplication. You've got to get that third person. The hardest thing is the third person. Every, many, many people affect one person. But to get that person to infect another person, that's what you want. Okay, and then Paul was with little guy to travel with him everywhere. Timothy. Timothy. And Paul also was with John. someone else. He was with, uh, he was with Titus. And then in Acts 20, verse 4, the only place in the book of Acts where a group of people are named, Acts 20, verse 4, there accompanied Paul into Asia, Sophater of the Berea, Aristarchus and Segundus, Gaius of Derby. Uh, Timothy, and of Asia, Tychicus, and Trophimus. That's seven, plus Luke was writing it down. And they carried a collection in Acts 20, verse 4, to the churches and all. Okay, good, you got that. You see, see this side-by-side stuff's all over the Bible. Who do you have at your side? Who are you encouraging and loving and caring for and lifting and praying for? God wants everyone we need three people in our lives, a pace setter ahead of us, a pal beside us, and a pupil with us. A pace setter. Who's your pace setter? You know what I did? I said, my father beat me. My father was a professor, and he was a perfectionist. He could play the piano like no one I've ever known. He was a concert pianist. And if you missed a wrong note, he hit you if you were his son. And if you missed a number of wrong notes, he knocked me off the piano bench. I had no guy. And then God began to bring men into my life that cared for me, that were patient with me, that loved the Word. And I got to be mentored by A.W. Tozer. And I lived with Bill Bright. And I traveled with Dawson Trotman, the founder of the Navigators. And I worked with Charlie Riggs and Billy Graham Crusades in London and Berlin and Amsterdam and New York and Dallas and Fort Worth. Man, oh man, as a single guy. Wow. I was in tall cotton, we'd say. It was wonderful. I had a chance to be with guys that could tell me, you did wrong. Don't ever do that again. Yes, sir, I won't ever do it again. And I still remember you can get nailed to the wall by a pace setter, but man, it's sure good to have a guy that you're looking to or a gal you're looking to, and there's at least, all you have to do is be one step ahead. Helping someone take that step. One step ahead. And people, some people want to take the step. Now, I want to give you one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. One of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. Hudson Taylor was the founder of the China Inland Mission. Overseas Missionary Fellowship. If you haven't read his book, you need to get it. I recommend you read biography. Biography is a mentor that you can have uh, in, your, in, your, in your study or in your car. Uh, and there are, there are a couple named B-E-N-G-E, Benji, that has written at least 60 biographies, and Youth with a Mission prints them in California or Seattle, Washington. And you can go to a website, Youth with a Mission, and look under biographies, and 
and I buy them 20 or 30 at a time, and I hand them out. And these are short, short biographies where you can read it in two nights, one or two nights, and you get the flavor of a person's life. Neat. And that saint who drove the plane that landed on that sandbar where those five guys went after the Aka Indians, and they were, they were speared to death and died there, and they... Uh, they, were, they were in Life magazine. They were all over paper. These guys, why would they give their life? And they proved that two of them could have shot the Indians, and they didn't do it. I heard two of their fathers speak, as well as Elizabeth Elliot, who through Gates of Splendor is her fabulous book about her son, about her, her husband, and all. And um, it's really something. The reading biography. Uh, and you read biography to, to children. You give them heroes. The world's going to give them heroes that will send them to hell. Drug heroes. Uh, filthy heroes. Every kind of hero the world will give them. There are very few heroes that are, are worth more than a, a surgery look. But you get, you get some heroes. And there's no one perfect in the Bible but Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? That means I got a chance. And God can use even me. See? When I was called into the ministry, I couldn't believe God was so desperate he wanted me. <laughs> couldn't believe it. I, I didn't like ministers. And, and here I was going to be a, a minister of the gospel. Oh, me. I, I dodged it every way I could. <clears throat> Someone asked Hudson Taylor, the founder of the China in the mission, how he got all those missionaries. Now, I want you to get this. In 1901, the China Inland Mission had more missionaries in China than all the Baptists in the world, all the Presbyterians in the world, all the Methodists in the world had missionaries all together put together. They, one organization had more missionaries than all of them in all the world in China. And they asked the question, the big question, the big question every corporation asked. Where do we get workers? Not people who punch the time clock, not people who show up. How do, where do we get someone that can work? Where do you get someone that's not asking when I take a vacation when you're tr trying to hire them? They want to work. Where do you get the workers? And Dr. Taylor said, I'll give you my secret. You want to know where do you get workers in your church? Where do you get workers in your business? Two things. Matthew 9, 36 to 38. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors. The word send forth is a violent term. To thrust, to shove, to push, to grab and send out. Rip them away from the vine-covered cottage and get them out where people are dying and need Jesus. Pray the Lord of the harvest for laborers. You should pray that every day. That God will use you to raise up laborers for the harvest. I prayed for every country in the world that God would use me in that country and help me to raise up laborers. I'll tell you a secret. They say it's my life verse. I hadn't thought of it before. I guess it is. In 1951, I was a young seminary student. I couldn't, I couldn't get a church. I couldn't even get a job. I went without meals numbers of times. I... Uh, found a place where I could help carry newspapers. Uh, I mowed yards. I did things 
whatever I could do. And, and I didn't know, what am I doing here? And I borrowed a vision. I heard a great man of God tell about getting a map and beginning to pray that God would use him in the different states in the United States. So I got me a map, and I got on the floor where there are termites holes in that floor, and I put my finger on the capital of every state in the United States, and I claimed Psalm 2.8. Ask of me, and I'll give you the heathen for mine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. And Satan was whispering, you dumb bunny, who do you think you are? You can't even get anyone to hear you preach on a corner. And you're asking God to use you all over the world? Well, why not? Thou art coming to a king. Great petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. We'll meet eternity in the Lord, and we will ask too little, and we will weep. He had the prayers for us to ask we never ask. Answers that he wanted to give us that we never ask for. After I prayed for every state in the United States, I got a map of the world. I put my finger on every capital of every country in the world, and I prayed three things, that God would use me in that country, that God would raise up missionaries to go to that country and plant churches where the nationals would take over and evangelize their country. That was 1951. After I married, my wife knew that I'd worked at Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, where Billy Sunday was converted many years ago, and that I'd written a little Bible study on the Gospel of John, which is this study. And that they used it at Pacific Garden Mission, and you write in, and they sent you a free Bible study, and they, that's just what they, they sent. She said, why don't you call them up and ask if anyone is using, anyone's doing those Bible study that you wrote. So I called them up. They said, we're so glad to talk with you. We didn't know, uh, we'd never talked to you before. I said, is anyone sending in any study? Are you still using it? Oh, yes, we're using it. We've had people write us from all 48 states of the United States then and seven foreign countries saying that they had prayed to receive Christ doing lesson number one. My wife said, you need to be writing, Waylon. So I wrote a book, I wrote a manuscript, and the seminary turned it down as a doctoral book and rejected it. And finally, four publishers turned it down. The fifth said, we like this. Why isn't it taught in seminary? I said, if you print it, it will be. And they printed it, and it sold 100,000 copies. And then we got translated into four languages. Good night. And then I got invited to teach that book to every missionary leaving the United States for 13 years through the International Mission Board, twice a year at their orientation. And then they began to ask me to come overseas. And I counted up, my wife and I counted I've been in 105 countries, some 12 to 14 times. I've been overseas away from my family four years. Uh, a week this time, three days, a month two weeks, three weeks, it added up. And my wife was 110%, or I couldn't have made it. My wife is going to be so close to the throne, I hope I can see her in four years once I get up there. <laughs> At least I can push through the group and get up there where, you know, by the throne where the, the big ones are there. My wife's going to be up there. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, 
So I can say, who am I? Nobody. God has a weakness for nobodies. God has a, a, uh, a desire to be with people who are handicapped or limited, who will trust and believe him. God wants to do that. And God's waiting for you to believe him and claim a verse of scripture from him. Uh, uh, there, there are thousands of promises, and I've memorized hundreds and hundreds of them because I need them bad. Like some of you are on hold. You maybe have a loved one overseas, and you can't do anything until they come back, and they're in harm's way, and this or that, and others maybe uh, you don't have a job or something. One of the verses that God gave me was Psalm 62.5, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. You see, I was waiting on the deacons to give me a raise, and they never gave it to me. <laughs> and I came home, and she, she said, Did you get the raise, my wife? I said, No, and I hit the wall, and I broke right through the plaster. I said, I, I can't call someone to fix that one. I'm going to have to paint that one over myself. And when my wife is crying, I'm getting angry. <clears throat> they said, maybe we can give you a raise in the summer. Listen, in the summer, people take their tithe and go on vacation. There's no money in the summer in a church. I've, I'm, I've been there too, too long. You know what happened at Christmas? I got a Christmas card. In that Christmas card was a thank you and a check for the exact amount that the deacons turned down as a raise. I, I, the raise that the committee recommended to the deacons was $88 a month. That's $1,000 in a year. And the check was for $1,000. And my wife said, whee, I don't have to wait. I got all the money right now instead of waiting a whole year to get the money. That happened more than once. My soul, wait thou only. You see, are you waiting on people? Are you waiting on the government? Are you waiting on your boss? Are you waiting on your wife? Are you waiting on your husband? My soul, wait thou only upon God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Oh, those promises of God. Ooh, how juicy they are. Mmm. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. <laughs> mm, wonderful. Jeremiah's Bible. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah walked down the street. There goes that Lord God of hosts, prophet. There goes that, oh, Jeremiah, the, he serves the Lord God of hosts. Do you own Jeremiah, a copy of Jeremiah's Bible? It's the kind of Bible you can eat. Or Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Thy word was in me like a fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary and forbearing. I couldn't stop. You got a Bible that'll turn you on, make you hot and fiery to tell someone about Jesus? Won't you ask the Lord for a copy of Jeremiah's Bible? Whew. <laughs> you can't buy it, but you can, you can find one on your knees, crying out to God. You can get them that way. Well, I said first, 
the first thing Taylor prayed was, Lord, ask you for laborers. The second thing Taylor prayed or said, you must deepen the life of the person in the pew in the Bible between Sundays so they won't say no to the call of God. Get the man and woman in the pew in the book between Sundays. If all you do is Sunday church, and it's not all you do or you wouldn't be here, but most people is Sunday church, unless there's a holiday, a golf game, or a football game somewhere. I'm sorry. Churches are full of lost people. They just, they prayed. They've been baptized, but they've never received the living Christ. When you get someone alive in you, that's never going to die. And that never leaves you and sticks like glue and loves you in spite of everything you do or don't do. That's something. I mean, it changes your life. Oh, you're not perfect, of course. But, oh, man, you hate sin in yourself especially, and you want to follow the Lord. So he says, we must get the man and the woman in the pew in the book between Sundays. My wife asked in her Sunday school class, may I ask how many of you have opened the Bible with some kind of devotion, some way, one day this, this past week? Three or four hands went up. No, oh, I'm not asking you. No, pardon me. No, no, no. Her Sunday school class, pardon me. Any of you, two days a week. Any of you, three days a week, she asked. Any of you, four days a week. Only one person, I think, had opened their Bible five times. All the others, one or none. And they were the wives of the deacons. And they had some ch children that desperately needed to be in the Bible. Uh, get the man and woman in the pew in the book. So here's what I did. I'm going to tell you five things that I did in just, just a minute to help to, to disciple someone. I realized I had to find, I can only help where the Holy Spirit is making people warm. And I can pray, and the Holy Spirit can use that prayer to make someone warm, or they'll get it with a buddy or someone that will challenge them, and they will awaken. I had two men's retreats a year where we had a lot of time in the Word, and I brought in speakers that were very appealing to men, and I had them leave their cell phones at home, and, uh, you know, where they can think. And uh, so, uh, uh, so those men got in the Word, and I had men that I was discipling, and so I started meeting with a group of guys, uh, four to five, six guys uh, on Monday, another group on Tuesday, till eventually I would, had enough guys in the church that it grew to meet uh, five days a week with five to eight guys. And you know what I did? I taught them how to study the Bible. I taught them how to get into a verse of Scripture, passage of Scripture, and chew it up and eat it and digest it and apply it. And that's one of the things I'm going to share with you tomorrow, how to meditate and eat a verse of Scripture uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. And, and it's also chapter 3 in my book, Living God's Word. Uh, but uh, so I started meeting with these guys, and their life began to change. One of the guys said, Dr. Moore, I'm in charge of small appliances in Tampa. That means uh, toasters and for General Electric and uh, egg beaters and uh, uh, coffee makers, uh, the little small appliances. And he said, something's happening. I'm beginning to think logically. 
I don't, I'm a high school graduate, and I don't have any other education than that, and I'm in charge of these things. And I'm beginning to see the places we need to, the order we need to put them in and everything where they can be repaired uh, more quickly. And, and they, they thank me for that, and they've changed the, the repair shop to fit what God gave me logically to make it easier and faster where we could get the job done better and more accurately. And then two or three months later, doing Bible study every week, he said, Dr. Moore, they've now put me over small appliances for Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, up to Orlando. I'm, I'm over all of that. I can repair any of them, and I tell God what to do, and I'll set up there. And I'm going from city to city, having them set up the way I've learned how to do it. A year later, he said, uh, I've been put over small appliances for all the way to Charlotte, North Carolina from Tampa. He says, I'm traveling now uh, on, the, on the train and, and plane. Uh, pray for me. I'm going to miss some of the Bible studies, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to call on the phone sometime, and I'll hear on the phone the, the Bible study. I can do that. I can call on the phone as much as I want to, and it doesn't charge, cost me anything. Then he said, they put me through to major appliances, and they're having me repair major appliances when I'm back here learning how to repair all the major ones. And then he said, now they've now put me in charge of all appliances through to North Carolina. And then six months later, he said, I've been transferred. And he called us from New York a month later. He said, I'm in my own limousine. The guy's driving me to work, and I got the phone here in the back of the car. I'm in charge of all appliances for General Electric in the east coast of the United States, all the way to Chicago. I've got 200 men working under me. He says, what am I doing here? He said, tell those guys, when you get in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit does miracles in your life if you get in the Word every day. Wow. Wow. Our problem is many of us are anemic in the Bible. And would you memorize one verse a week? That's just 50 a year. Good night. That's, a two-year-old can memorize a verse a week if you just review it. Now, they don't know all that it means, but I'll teach you how to chew up that verse you memorize in the morning. That's one of the things I'll be sharing with you. Now, let me give you five things that I do when I meet with a person. And this isn't in concrete. This is, this is what I do. But just where you know, uh, first, we teach principles. There are a series of P. Here's the, here's, here it is. Principles, progress, problems, prayer, and projects. Principles. I've... I'm going to get them into the Bible where they see the basic principles in the Word of God, the basic truths of the Word of God. So we, 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 do, we do chapters of the Bible. Uh, we'll do Philippians, and we'll cut the, the chapter in, a, in half in a logical place, and then they, we'll write it, put it in their own words, and write it out, and we'll ask questions about it, and we'll discuss it and go over it. That's inductive Bible study. I have a large website, by the way. It's old. Uh, I paid to get it updated, and the guys haven't come through in a year and a half. And, uh, but 
It's called mentoring-disciples.org. But there are 40 articles in there, and you're certainly welcome to use them any way you can. Mentoring-disciples.org. <clears throat> and I've got, I've, I've got things on how to do Bible study. Some of the things I'll give tomorrow are up there uh, in the Bible study section. Principles of the Word of God. Uh, it's the standard for everything else in life. And so I've got to get them in the Scripture where they understand there's certain basics. You can't break those basics. They break you. <clears throat> certain things you've got to live by. And if you break it, it'll break you. Next, progress. Everything you teach must be given back to you. Everything you teach, you say, okay, now you teach it back to me. If they can't teach it back to you, they can't teach it to anyone else. After all, you're, you're their mentor. You're, you care for them. You love them. Uh, uh, you can put up with them messing up and goofing up with this or that. You'll help them straighten, get, getting it right. You want them to be able to reproduce everything you gave them. Progress. Telling isn't necessarily teaching. Listening isn't necessarily learning. So we check up on every assignment, everything we ask them to do. So after prayer together, we go over uh, the Bible study or the Scripture or uh, you are going to witness at work. Did you give anyone that, that tract? I nearly did, but he got to talking about something else. I said, okay, nearly did. Just say this. I've been waiting to tell you a secret. It's a secret about me. When you get five minutes, let me know. And I'll tell you, you'll get five minutes. <clears throat> and then say, <clears throat> and then say, hold out that little track. I like the Billy Graham one. Uh, Crusade has some uh, uh, anything that, that shares the gospel track. And, and it, I like a colorful one, quality one. And I said, you know, my life was totally changed when I realized that Christianity is not somewhere you go. It's someone you know. It's not something that happens an hour on Sunday. It's a relationship to someone who is alive from the dead. Now, that's scary. That's wild. But I've met someone that's alive from the dead named Jesus Christ, and that's my secret. I'm not what I want to be, and I'm not what I'm going to be, but I'm not what I was. I'm, I've, I've, I've had, I, I'm, I'm a different. <clears throat> Remember, people do what you inspect, not what you expect. That's a good thing to write down. People do what you inspect, not what you expect. Number three, principles, progress, problems. Everybody's got problems. Some, they don't know they're a problem. And others, they've been taught wrong. Or they're in an environment that has some deadly ways to solve problems that will destroy a family, Destroy a home, destroy a child, destroy your job. <clears throat> Problems. Uh, this is why we need to go to the Holy Spirit and ask the Spirit, is there a verse of Scripture? Listen, every problem, there is either a verse of Scripture that gives you a general principle or a verse of Scripture that nails a problem with a specific answer. The Bible is that broad. It will give you a basic verse or it will give you a specific thing to deal with the problem. When I went off to Baylor, 
my mother gave me a Bible, and she marked up Proverbs 5 about the evil woman. Man, she had, she had marked that baby up and down. She said, I want you to read this every week. I never met an evil woman, but evidently they're out there. <laughs> they were all good looking to me. <laughs> and uh, so, but I got a little shy. I didn't marry till I was 31, so I guess I was running pretty hard from the evil woman. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> the problems. <laughs> uh, we need to be power conscious rather than problem conscious. When you're, pro when you're power conscious, then the problems are shrink. They're there, but they're solvable. Uh, <clears throat> Like Ephesians 3.20. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God just doesn't work exceeding. He works exceedingly above. And he works not just exceedingly above, but exceedingly above all. And he's trying to give you every word he can to tell you God's in the problem-solving business. And there's a verse of Scripture on it, or there's something for it that you can use. Number four, prayer. Supernatural warfare is involved. This is why in Ephesians 6, when it talks about putting on the armor, you know what it says after you get the armor on? Praying always. The armor is for intercession, Oswald Chambers says. You put on all that armor, the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit and, and the, uh, the, the, the shield of faith and, and, uh, and, and the helmet of salvation, the feet, uh, preparation of peace, you put that on. And then what do you do? You pray. I thought just you put it on to put it on. No, you put it on to pray because the devil fears your prayers when you're walking with the Lord. He fears those prayers. The armor is for prayer. And I suggest you keep a page where you write down your requests and places where you can write the date of the answer down. And you will find that my wife said, honey, you realize that we've had four answers to prayer this week? I said, no, I was working so fast serving the Lord, I didn't have time to realize we were getting answers to prayer. And she told me the answers to prayer. I said, forgive me, Lord. I'm so busy on the treadmill working, uh, doing this and that, and people and the sickness and this and all of this thing and the meetings and so forth. I, I, did, I didn't realize God was working, working, working wonderfully. And last, projects. We must do things together. The, I'd say the nicest thing you can do other than pray with a person is take them to someone you know and you witness to that person and let them watch you share Jesus with that person. You let them watch that two or three times and someone will probably come to pray to receive Christ and then you say, let's go to one of your friends and I'll pray for you while you share the, the booklet or whatever method you would use for witnessing and let that happen. So, and by the way, I don't do these necessarily in order. Like uh, Brother Danny had a problem as a, as a pastoring uh, a mission. He had a problem uh, for the, in the sponsoring church that was so awesome and so difficult and so really satanic that uh, some people in the founding church uh, didn't want him to pastor the mission church People were getting saved more in the mission church than in the home, the home church. And I believe the pastor was jealous. And they, they wanted him, to, and the committee said, look, 
It took us months to get this guy, and he's producing. We're not about to get rid of him. And so I was with Brother Danny as we prayed through that problem week by week by week, crying out to God, and God gave a solution to that problem and wiped it away. And that church today is booming for Jesus. I passed it Wednesday night when I was speaking at a large church in that area, teaching by the little book, First Steps, that way. I've gone fast. Do you have, 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 have the question come up you want to ask? Anything? Okay. I think I've, done, I've said enough. I'm lagging, dragging, and sagging. <laughs> and uh, 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 pray for me so that I'll be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious tomorrow, okay? Yes. Uh, my my, my uh, www mentoring with a dash or a hyphen connecting mentoring and disciples mentoringdisciples.org and I have 40 different articles there and I have the one the one about about uh, about where you can get these fine biographies I think they're only 650 or something like that uh, every major person in American history and every major missionary and and, and man and woman of God they have a biography on it. By Benji, and uh, and that will you can you can uh, you can look that up, and and, and the ar- and the article I wrote on that was instant mentoring. So go down the list of the articles where you see the word instant mentors, and I have the, my favorite ten biographies, and then I have the list of men and women who have written excellent biographies that for your children or for you that you would enjoy, and it's all under instant mentoring. How can you be instantly mentored? by the biography of a great man or woman of God. And you read it, and you be open, and God works that way. Okay. Uh, could, could you lead us in a... May we stand? Could you lead us in a word of prayer? Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. May we stand?